Well, tonight's going to be a little bit different. We made some uh, last-minute changes to our schedule, but if you will take out your Bible and turn to 2 Thessalonians, I'm going to read a passage that we've discussed many times, and all of us have discussed it. I've discussed it with you in your homes, and uh, my intention is not to preach a sermon on this text, but to simply use this as an introduction to what we're going to do. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. The Word of God says, and the Apostle Paul, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the Word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. Now we'll probably look at this text for just a minute next Lord's Day as we talk about some of the specific ways that you can pray for the ministry of the Word. But you notice in the text that the Apostle Paul is asking the Thessalonians to pray for us, that is, he and his apostolic band as they continue in the ministry, and his prayer request is very specific here in this verse, that the word of the Lord would speed ahead and be honored. So the apostle wants them to understand that the word of the Lord did not stop at Thessalonica and that their reception of the word of God was not to be all of their conception of how the word of God was supposed to act upon a people. It wasn't that you just... It comes and it comes in power, and you can read those letters. It wasn't that the Word just comes in power and everyone's converted and people are changed and, and the, the news of their faith spreads abroad and they say, hey, we did it, guys. Good job. Let's just hold on tight until the Lord returns. When he prays or when he asks this or requests this prayer, he's letting them know sort of by way of implication the word of the Lord didn't finish when it got to you. It's still moving. And since you've been blessed by it, then you ought to pray that it would continue to go forward and be blessed, be, be a blessing to others, that others would be blessed. And he says there at the end of the verse, pray that the word of the Lord would speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. They had seen the prophet, the blessing of the word, the spirit poured out as the word was preached. And he says, now pray that that same thing continues to happen. So we've looked at this passage many times and we've talked about it in, our, uh, in the home visits and we began over a year ago to pray this prayer. I'm trusting as a church, as, as I lay this out from house to house, that this became, at least for that time, and hopefully it's continued to be, uh, a prayer request that was being uttered from many mouths at many different times and many different places throughout the church. Oh Lord, Show us as a church what it would look like for the word of the Lord to speed ahead from us and be honored just like it has happened among us. We could all look around and see the blessing and the fruit of the word and we want that to continue to happen. And so we began to pray because we, we, we had several convictions. First, that the best type of evangelistic and mission effort is the kind that flows from a a united church. If you've got five people who want to do this and seven people who want to do this, 
then you might get a little bit of effort for both of them, but there will never be a united front to advance the gospel anywhere. And so we began to pray, Lord, give us unity. Give us clarity. Um, a lot of my prayers are things like, Lord, we don't know what to do. But you do, so show us. We're a young church. We don't have a lot of resources. Um, but Lord, take us from where we are. Begin to teach us. Begin to build us. Give us unity. And lead us where you would have us to go. And that was our prayer. Um, and then it wasn't long after that that I was given the opportunity to go to Malawi and to minister with Mala and some of the other men there. Um, and I came back from that trip very excited. On, at the end of that trip and on the way home, it was proposed to me that our church come alongside of the church there in Malawi and partner with them as they work to advance the gospel and to train and to send out church planters there in Malawi. And so we started talking through that, and there seemed to be some excitement about that, but still a lot of unknowns about what does that look like, how do we do it, what are we supposed to do. Um, I've kept contact with Mala throughout this whole time. We talk regularly, and he keeps me updated on some stuff. And a while back, he made the proposition. He, he threw it out at the beginning of this year. Here's what, this is from his mouth, here's what I would like Covenant Bible Church to do. Um, in addition to me and perhaps other men being able to make a trip over to Malawi every other year, Mala comes here every other year, so he'll be here hopefully in this pulpit in October or November. Um, but in addition to that, he requested that we come alongside them financially and help uh, and bear the financial burden of their university ministry. Um, so I said, that sounds great. He told me the amount. That sounds great. I don't know how much money we have, but we'll, we'll begin to pray through it and think about it. Um, I asked him, it wasn't several weeks ago, I asked him, could you make us a video addressing our church and just speaking to our church and telling our church about what's happening so that all of y'all could hear it from him, not just from me? And so I waited and I waited, and that was... Um, Maybe a month ago, maybe more. Anyway, so I finally got the video two days ago. Um, and, I, and I don't want to drag the process out any longer than I have to. And so I began to think just this afternoon, hey, if we can get the financial stuff um, in, a, in a presentable way, then we'll watch the video, we'll talk about church finances, we'll do a Q&A and answer questions, and then we'll uh, perhaps vote next Lord's Day um, whether or not we want to commit to this. So... All that being said, by way of introduction, we're going to watch this video from Mala. I think it's about 23 minutes long. Then Kyle, our deacon of financial integrity, is going to come and give us a brief financial report to let everybody know where we are financially and what this looks like for us. And then I'll come back up to uh, answer any questions and uh, round out the time. The sister is at Covenant Bible Church in North Carolina. Thank you for taking an interest in what the Lord uh, has been doing and is doing here in Blanta through our church, Antioch Baptist Church. My name is Mama Mluchindongo. I'm married to Rachel, and we have two beautiful daughters, Emily and Claire. Uh, I'm one of the elders at Antioch Baptist Church with uh, Pastor Massa, the elder, and we have two deacons, 
uh, Julius and Victor. So about 10 years ago, uh, the Lord started uh, doing a work. Uh, a few years before that, we were just a Bible study in my home, uh, meeting and studying the scriptures, and the Lord began introducing some of us to Reformed theology. Uh, four years later, which is uh, 2009, until Baptist Church began. We covenanted together as a church, and uh, the Lord has been uh, through us and, 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 and in us, waking uh, and uh, even seeing other churches uh, beginning to be planted. What led to our church uh, being planted was just the need for a biblical church uh, in Blantyre uh, for us men and women who had begun embracing Reformed theology or the doctrines of grace. At the time when our church started, we did not know any church that preached uh, the gospel that was seeking to be faithful to the scriptures. Uh, when our church began, uh, we were called all sorts of names. Others thought we were cults. Others, others thought we were just temporarily around and would disappear, uh, just like many other churches, uh, new churches. But the Lord has been gracious. The Lord has been merciful. Uh, we see our work as a pioneer work because even as we speak, uh, there are new churches that we are overseeing, that have just started, that we are overseeing. And these churches started out of our church uh, through our student ministry as students graduate and return back home. Uh, in the places where they go, they begin to see the need for a church. And uh, the Lord in his providence began to also send, raise up men and send them to organize those uh, groups. Our work in Malawi is, is pioneer work. We consider uh, that we are in the very uh, early stages of planting publicly ordered churches uh, throughout uh, the country. And so we don't think that we'll do all the work. We believe some of that work will be done by our children if, if they remain faithful to the scriptures and probably our grandchildren and great uh, grand children but we believe that right now we have the responsibility to lay that foundation for them when we started uh, we did not know any church that was being faithful to the gospel that was 10 years ago malawi is a country of 19 million people 80 percent of, of that group would profess uh, to be christian uh, nominal christianity uh, with a, a large uh, number of, of Muslims. Uh, this growing Islam is on, uh, on the rise right now. Uh, on the other hand, we have a growing population of uh, Latter-day Saints and uh, Jehovah's Witness, Greek Orthodox. And also the country uh, has been overrun by the Word of Faith movement, the Prosperity Gospel. And sadly, this is also coupled with African Spiritism, uh, and uh, other African uh, traditional uh, churches. And so there's a lot of uh, superstitious uh, activities and, and beliefs. And so our work is being done in that environment, which is not easy and very challenging. When we started, we had a vision uh, to see biblically ordered uh, churches planted all over Malawi. Uh, we believe that the way for us to uh, do that is to start with the, uh, the, the cities, the, 
uh, districts. Malawi is divided into 28 districts and uh, all these 19 million people live in those districts. And so Blantyre, uh, where we are, is a city, but it's also a district. And so is Lilongwe and Mzuzu. These are three cities and they're also districts. And from there, these three cities are surrounded by these uh, districts. Districts. Uh, a district could have about 100,000 to a million or two million people. And so for us to uh, plant uh, gospel uh, seeds uh, in these districts, we believe that we need to start uh, in these towns, uh, planting uh, churches uh, that, are, that are being pastored by faithful men. What we've seen so far is that through our university ministry, uh, as students graduate, as students uh, leave uh, the campus uh, and going back uh, home and others picking up jobs in these towns, they begin to uh, see the need for churches. So for a long time, our church has been praying. We've been laboring, working towards uh, seeing other churches uh, being studied or being planted. At least that's been our vision for many years now. But we did not think uh, that at this point in life we would be talking about church planting. In many ways, we feel like we ourselves are still being planted. Uh, we're still planting ourselves. Uh, in many ways, we felt like we still had so many areas to grow uh, before we can start sending out missionaries and uh, before we can start uh, planting and overseeing other churches. But what the Lord has done through our campus ministry as students graduate, as they get married and probably because of work and business move to other cities and towns, uh, they have seen, they will begin to see the need for churches there. And it's through these men and women that other churches have begun uh, in these uh, places. Last year we had the opportunity of having and hosting your pastor uh, together with Scott Brown uh, uh, and Jason Dome. They came visit Malawi. We were able to do conferences and other discipleship activities, preaching side by side with our men. And we want to see that continue uh, over time as we lay a foundation in Malawi for uh, biblical churches and family integrated uh, churches. Malawi is 80% of those people, would prof of 19 million people that I've mentioned, would profess to be Christian, uh, nominal Christianity, predominantly uh, Roman Catholic. Uh, and also, uh, this group is literally has been overrun by the Word of Faith movement. We have uh, also Islam on the rise, a growing number of uh, Muslims. We have Jehovah's Witnesses. Greek Orthodox, growing Latter-day Saints, um, uh, African Spiritism, and also other African traditional churches. And so our work is really being done in that environment. And, and as, as a new work, uh, you can see the uh, challenges and some of the things that we have to uh, overcome to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. So 10 years ago when we, uh, our church started, uh, we, yes, we prayed, we uh, began to work and uh, hoping that someday we'll not be the only uh, reformed Baptist church or at least uh, the only church that was 
uh, seeking to be faithful to the gospel, uh, family integrated, uh, but that would see other churches uh, begun. Uh, if you had told me 10 years ago that would see what, what is happening right now uh, with other churches that are being planted, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But God in his grace, in his providence, uh, has put us in a very uh, privileged, uh, but also very uh, challenging uh, place and given us a very difficult task uh, to plant and begin to oversee other churches in the other districts. And so as we speak right now, uh, our church is overseeing uh, a church in Lilongwe, uh, another church in Nzuzu, which is further north of Malawi, and also just beginning to oversee another church in Zomba, which is an hour away from here. All these are districts, and uh, we hope and do pray that in God's providence, he would use even these churches and probably send out other men who might come and begin to plant churches in the rest of the districts uh, here in Malawi. So the work of, of church planting for us Antioch is, is to, uh, we see it as strengthening our own church, growing, seeing it grow and uh, raising leaders uh, from within and sending these men to plant churches. Last year, we had several meetings with Heartcry Missionary Society uh, from Virginia, and they wanted to extend their work here in Malawi because they saw what the Lord uh, was doing. And uh, they asked our church to oversee, find men that could go and plant churches and begin to oversee uh, those churches. And so, uh, part of church planting here in Malawi also means that we are partnering with Heart Cry Missionary Society. And so as far as the work of planting churches in the districts goes, uh, it means that our church has the responsibility of holding these men that are planting churches accountable, encouraging them in their work, uh, challenging them to uh, at least report uh, the progress of their work to us, uh, finding ways in which we can uh, strengthen uh, their work by joining them sometimes, uh, traveling to those churches. Uh, sometimes it can be a lot of travel, but traveling to those churches uh, and spending time with the pastors, uh, also showing them uh, what we've been doing for the last 10, uh, even before that, uh, probably the last 16 years, uh, evangelism and discipleship and engaging uh, their own neighbors and, and society. So we do have quite a challenging work. And this is where uh, we believe that we uh, need others because we cannot do this alone. So just like the way our church started, uh, on one hand, yes, we have these churches that you know are studying, uh, but it's very interesting because all these churches can trace their origin to our students our university campus ministry, which is something that we're still doing right now, something that we're still uh, passionate about. We do not want to neglect our neighbors, but we also want to acknowledge where the Lord uh, is working, where we're seeing conversions, where we're seeing uh, a willingness uh, to listen to the things that we're saying, to embrace the sufficiency of scripture, to embrace the gospel, uh, to embrace the uh, what the Bible teaches about holiness and, and, and family life and, 
and biblical manhood and biblical womanhood uh, and, and all these uh, pressing issues in our time. And so uh, the Lord has been blessing our university ministry. And as these men are graduating and going back and plugging or becoming members of these churches, but some of these men are going to going back and some of them don't have a choice. They go back to uh, districts or just areas where they don't have a good church and they begin to see uh, the need for a church there. And so it, our work is, is twofold, even though we do have other things that we're doing that I'm going to uh, also share a little bit later. But for now, uh, we, well, we, we believe we need others to partner with us. We need uh, what we have done so far, even with uh, your church, either men visiting here, uh, coming to preach and, and, and uh, join us in the work, or just being able to financially partner with what we are doing here, uh, supporting different projects that we're doing. So in these universities, we are uh, going in, uh, holding conferences, we are uh, holding seminars, talking about addressing just some of the uh, difficult contemporary uh, issues that men and women are having to deal with uh, on a daily basis. We, are, we have Bible studies, and so we go into uh, these campuses every week and uh, doing Bible studies with uh, students and sometimes uh, staff members. So it has been very exciting to see uh, just the way these two uh, two things that we are focusing on uh, have been able to complement one another. And so the need that's out there uh, in the districts, uh, on the other hand, the number of men and women that are being converted, uh, others that are being persuaded out of the Word of Faith movement to embrace biblical Christianity. And as they go back, uh, beginning to either see the need for a church or beginning to uh, or joining the existing uh, few churches uh, that are out there so far but we also need uh, we also need men who can who have a, a clear understanding of the gospel who have a desire to be pastors or elders who can eventually be who can be prepared and go out eventually to uh, establish biblical churches and so one of the things we're doing uh, we, and we've had this vision for such a long time I've wanted to start uh, to see our church have a, 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 a training or a mentoring uh, program where men can be mentored can be prepared uh, both in, in studying theology uh, within our church but at the same time being having the opportunity to practice those things in our church and also out there. And uh, the Lord, uh, we prayed about this, talked about it, and over the years uh, we did some planning as well. Up until uh, this year, uh, January, we established our leadership training uh, program. Uh, we have about 25 men that gather uh, the majority of these men are church members. Uh, probably 10, 11 of them desire to be uh, in the ministry. And we're encouraging our men that whether you end up in ministry or not, just realize that you do have a ministry uh, in your home. Uh, if you end up getting married, you're going to need to uh, be 
uh, a leader and a spiritual leader in your home and so the need to study theology the need to study how to faithfully communicate the scriptures uh, is as important as for the uh, brother who's um, studying to or pursuing the ministry and uh, so far we are seeking uh, to cover uh, five subjects uh, and we've studied in January and February studying the uh, doctrine of salvation. Uh, one of the things that I've observed is that theological training is done on an assumption that those who are coming to study theology are already Christians and probably uh, when in my observation, just looking at different curriculums that are coming from the West, I, I noticed that they all start with hermeneutics, they all study with biblical interpretation, uh, on an assumption that those who are coming to study are already believers. And, and here in Africa, uh, that same uh, understanding of theoretical training or philosophy has been adopted. And so you have a lot of pastors, some of them who don't know or don't know the gospel, don't understand the gospel, are uh, in there in the theological training, are uh, training and being prepared for the ministry, and you end up with unsaved pastors. Probably one of the biggest problems in Africa is unsaved pastors. But what we thought we'll do is we'll do it differently. We'll start with the doctrine of salvation to ensure that all these 25 men have a, have a strong grip on the gospel. They understand the gospel, that they believe the gospel for themselves before they can start sharing the gospel with others. And so we've covered uh, the doctrine of salvation in the first two months of the year, and we moved on to look at biblical interpretation, hermeneutics part one and two, and we are busy right now uh, toward the end of this month preparing for uh, biblical theology that will take us another two months and then another uh, two months in systematic theology, and toward the end of the year, or spend our time uh, studying practical theology. Uh, our leadership training uh, program, the idea is to prepare uh, men uh, for the work of the ministry and church planting uh, here in Malawi uh, so that uh, these men, uh, they can be prepared within the local church uh, and having understood how the local church works, uh, they can go out and uh, establish uh, churches if God wills. So for the last six years we've been doing a program uh, called Life Skills and the reason is we believe that some of the problems facing Africa uh, have to do with, with not just uh, a lack of uh, certain resources but also uh, just the need for a biblical work ethic so our life skills program is something uh, that I've been doing for uh, both those who are uh, in the workplace, uh, those who are doing business, and also for uh, students. And the purpose is really to uh, work through issues of uh, time management, uh, financial management, uh, work through, give people a biblical work ethic, what the Bible says about work, because uh, those are some of the problems that uh, Africa uh, has. Uh, men and women need to have a, a strong biblical work ethic. Uh, we don't have that. And so our life skills program uh, uh, seeks to address those things, showing how the gospel affects every area of life. You see, uh, when Paul uh, uh, writes in his letters, 
he ends with applying the gospel. The gospel not only just affects the way we think and, and just not just our hearts, but also uh, what we do with, with our hands and also where our feet go. Uh, and so we are helping men uh, see these things from a biblical perspective. So where does Covenant Bible Church uh, come in? Uh, we're thankful for the many times that you uh, have taken time to pray for us and continue to do that. Uh, thankful for your interest in, in the nations. Uh, the Lord, yes, God is going to give his son the nations and he's going to do it through uh, men and women as we uh, partner together, planting churches and seeing men and women being disciple to love the Lord within those churches and Malawi is just one one of them and our work is just one small part a uh, very small part of what the Lord is doing in the world today and so uh, we're encouraged uh, with what he's doing and more so we're encouraged to know that there are men and women out there who are uh, constantly thinking about us and thinking about what God is doing uh, in Malawi Please continue to pray uh, for what the Lord is doing. We would love to uh, pursue a long-term partnership with your church, with, with what the Lord is doing there, and we continue to pray for you. Uh, next year, our plan, and which we do hope that you will uh, consider sharing your pastor or your men uh, to come and be with us. We're already talking to uh, our brothers, Scott Brown and their church. Uh, we're already talking to Jason Dome. Uh, and also their leaders there, uh, that our plan for next year is to uh, do a number of conferences, uh, one here in Blanta, one in Zomba, one in Lilongwe, and one up further north, which is about a uh, 10 to 12 hours drive uh, to a conference in a city called Mzuzu uh, as well, and probably uh, do another conference uh, in uh, an area called Rumpi also there in, uh, in the north. Our goal is to strengthen these new church plants and also give them an opportunity to cast the net wide. So uh, we truly need a lot of manpower, a lot of uh, preachers, men that can articulate uh, the truth of God's word uh, faithfully. Thank you for taking the time to watch this video. Uh, and until we meet again, God bless you. Hey, y'all. Um, so I just want to give a recap and kind of see where y'all, so y'all can see where we are with, with finances, obviously, as Paul was talking about. Um, I know when I sent the, uh, the end of the year giving to you guys early this uh, year, I kind of give a recap of what we were able to do last year. Um, just to recap that again, though, um, to refresh you, um, we were able to give $2,000 to Mala and the Reformation Malawi Project. We sent Paul. Um, over there and then we still had a lot of expenses with the building to get it up to where we could use it um, so with all that we still had a $3,400 excess of 2018 um, or in 2018 and so with that excess and what we were still trying to get um, this year some some changes we made with that excess were um, we gave Paula a raise um, we're still desiring to <laughs> we're still desiring to uh, get him to a respectable number because we um, as of late um, and I think we've all just grown uh, this year and maybe in, in the year and a half of seeing what all he does and what all the, the pastor does for this church and what all um, we gain from that, especially this morning sermon, just seeing 
the heart that he has for and all the pastors and people who preach here have for us um, when they get behind this pulpit and what they're desiring to do for our souls. Um, so we don't want him to be in uh, lacking there. Um, the other thing was we got internet here. Um, I know it was a hearty amen from Paul. Um, he was using a hot spot and he was kind of shoddy um, in and out with trying to prepare for those uh, sermons and various things he does. So um, with those two things, um, that was a monthly increase. And then the other big time things we've done this year so far, we got the lovely large letter Pew Bibles in front of you. I know we've at least given one away. Um, and the other, uh, we sent seven men to the Life of a Shepherd conference up in Virginia, which um, I think was very fruitful um, and will help the men continue. And, and they learned a lot of things there. Um, but currently with all that being said, we're basically you know kind of even. What we're bringing in is what we're sending out right now. Um, and that kind of makes sense with, with what we had and then what we've uh, pledged to do and continue. Um, I do have with me, I can make copies for you, a 2018 profit and loss uh, summary of, of everything. I've got this year, January to now, and I've got a comparison of January to now, the last two years. Um, so if you have any questions or you want, desire to, to have those, I can make copies for you, and then you can take a look at it, uh, pray over it. Um, but obviously with what we're, we're kind of even right now with what's coming in and what's going out, um, I think it is still time to just inspect, um, look at your life. I think, as I said earlier, that we are all growing and understanding what the church is doing and what the church is for, and there's nothing really better to give your money to. Um, I think we've all grown in our knowledge of that, and I would just encourage you all to um, see how changes can be made in your life that could maybe be cutting out things that are um, not the best thing for you anyway to give money to, and you can give more here. Um, and that's it. I don't want to talk too much. So, cool. All right, so there you just heard Mala's church is about, I think, two or three years older than our church. So I just want you to imagine in two or three years our church being the church planting, church planting hub of Heart Cry Ministries for the United States of America, overseeing the ministry of, I think he named four or five other churches in the country, uh, doing life skills classes for people in the community, doing pastoral leadership training for other pastors in the area, um, and also carrying out a campus ministry to the local universities in the area. That's a lot. Uh, what he just described that their church does, it, it puts a lot of really big churches to shame. Um, so here's, here's where we are. Kyle just said our, financially we're breaking even. What we're bringing in is what we're putting out. Okay? Now, for a long time we've had sort of a, a chunk in the bank that's kind of sitting there. I don't know how much it is, but it's sitting in the bank from the years when we were planting the church and the, the, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention gave us money and uh, we, we kind of 
paid back what we what we committed to them, and have since um, dusted our feet with them. But we still got quite a bit of chunk of money in the bank. Mala wants us to come alongside and partner with their campus ministry. So the way he just described it, and I think I told you this before, Blantyre has there are multiple universities in that city. And young people come from all over the country to Blantyre. They are able to hear open-air preaching, get involved in these Bible studies where they're learning the, the scriptures, the biblical gospel from a Reformed perspective. They're learning the doctrines of grace. Conversions are happening. And they're going back to their cities throughout the country, and they're thinking, where's, where's the biblical church? Uh, some of them will find one. Others of them will just start one. These young guys will just go home from college and say, if there's not a church, I guess I'm going to start a church. Um, while they're in college, they'll, they'll usually attend Mala's church. A lot of them will be a part of his church. They'll see what a local church looks like. They'll learn how to function in church. And then they'll go back and they'll sort of um, uh, replicate that wherever they are. So the campus ministry has been and is sort of the, the centerpiece to everything that has happened through Antioch Baptist Church and in Malawi so far. And that's what he wants us to come alongside and, and basically, from what I understand, foot the bill for it. Basically, foot the bill for the campus ministry that will release their church to be able to focus on the other things while also supplying all of the manpower for the campus ministry, um, which he described it to me. It's a lot, of, a lot of travel, setting up conferences, giving out materials, a lot of teaching, things like that. Um, it boils down to what he requested was $600 a month. So we're bringing in and putting out and breaking even, and now he's requested 600 a month, so which is would not be budgeted money. So, you know, I was thinking he was going to ask for like 50 bucks a month, and we'd say sure that what that's you know that would multiply in African dollars. Um, <laughs> so, not dollars, kwacha. So. I sought counsel from some other men. Actually, Jason Dome, he called me and asked about our church partnering with his church because they're sending a family to Turkey. Sovereign Redeemer has pulled all financial support from Mala and Antioch in Malawi to focus on sending a family to Turkey. And so then he called me and said, hey, I heard your somebody, somebody let the word out that we had some money in the bank. And so Jason calls and says, hey. Why don't y'all help out with Turkey? And I said, well, Mala has made this request, and here's our budget. And Jason said, okay, forget about Turkey. Because he realized we're putting out everything that we're bringing in. And I said, so what would you do if you were in this scenario? And his, his counsel was, and, and me and Dad have talked over this, and this is our suggestion for the church. Commit to the 600 a month for one year. At the end of that year, reevaluate and see where we are. See if it's been a fruitful. See if we are still financially where we are now. See if we're you know, plummeting in the hole. Um, based on what we have in the bank, which Kyle could tell you what it is, I don't know. But based on what we have in the bank, if we took 600 a month times 12 is, what is that, $7,200? Six times 12? Right? If we took that bunch of money and just wadded it up and threw it in the trash right now, we would be fine. So this, this is not like, you know, it's, it's not this, uh, this earth-shattering amount of money. Um, so that's our recommendation. Commit $600 a month. 
um, for a year. And we'll pick, at that time, we'll reevaluate. Now, that would be in addition to, um, I'm, he, he asked, he, he asked very nicely, if you guys would let me go back in 2020, um, that's up to y'all. The plan is to do, I think he said, five different conferences across the country. Rather than having everybody come to Blantyre, the preachers would just travel and go to everybody else and visit these churches and strengthen the churches where they are. Um, so it would be in addition to that. Um, and anybody else who wanted to go, you got to pay your own way. I'm the pastor, so um, so that's our that's our recommendation. Commit to the 600. Like Kyle said, we could begin to look at our lives and see if there are places where we could possibly give more to offset that. But even if we don't, um, we're still going to be fine. And I, I believe that the Lord would honor that. Um, are there any, so here's what, what we'll do. I'm going to throw that out there. Think about it. This week, pray through it. And then next Sunday, we'll come back together and we'll vote as a church if that's something we want to do. How's that sound? Does that sound all right? So we're not doing anything tonight. Um, are there any questions? I'd like to open the floor for questions from anybody. Anybody in the room. This is, not a, this is not an official worship service, so even the ladies, feel free. Speak freely. Any questions? Everybody's completely clear on everything that we just said. It was so clear, there are no questions. What about you, Jordan? What are your, what are your thoughts? Jordan is, has been a, on the, uh, he's been a foreign missionary in a foreign country. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Dude, it's awesome. Um, it really is. When he's talking about this, like I hate driving. I was telling Austin earlier, I'm thinking about going to New Jersey for a conference up there, and it's like a nine-hour drive, and I'm like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can live through that. But he's talking about driving 12 hours in a hot bus, sitting on a thing, on the, and I'm thinking, I'm ready. Let's go do it right now um, because it's, it's, it's just a... It's a delight to see people uh, receptive to the gospel. And, and young churches hungry, like, like you all. They're, they're like us. Um, no questions at all. Nobody has a question. Is anybody just really boiling mad right now and is wondering why in the world we would even consider this? Anybody at all? Okay. Well, that's all we've got.